Welcome to Extremely Valid Points. We are three business owners and friends who enjoy practical, real-life discussions about business, marketing, and creativity. Your hosts are Nathan and Jenny Sala, the owners of World Light Media, a digital marketing agency focused on helping organizations grow through online leads. And Dave Wilkins, the owner of Ellipsis Production Co., a video production company that specializes in creating meaningful content for businesses and nonprofits. We hope you enjoy today's episode. And along the way, we just might happen to make some extremely valid points. Welcome to Extremely Valid Points. So glad you joined us today. We are here with Candice Wilkins, uh, which is quite a treat for us because Candice is uh, Dave's better half. So, um, and she also happens to be my best friend. So uh, lucky for us, we get to have her here today. But also, I think that this is going to be a great episode. We are going to be talking about empathy in the workplace. Candice is a clinical social worker, and she is the manager for the Center for Grief and Healing at Heinz Hospice. Welcome, Candice. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome. It's so great to be here with everybody um, whom I know very well. And for some of you for a very long time now. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, I'm just so proud of you all because it's a great podcast. And um, you're just this beautiful people inside and out. So I'm I'm so glad to be here. So That's such a social worker thing to say. Thank you, Candice. (laughs) Thanks for helping us feel better about our podcast. I mean, we've been trying to make this happen for a long time. We have. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little having some issue with me being on season two, but that's okay. <laughs> Are, is that our fault? No, yeah, I was invited. I was invited. Whose fault yeah. is that? No, it's, it's mine. I'm going to take full responsibility for that. <laughs> it might have been ours, too. Speaking of blaming people, Jenny, what are we going to be talking about today? (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about empathy. Um, And another reason why I'm just delighted to have Candace on the show to talk about this specific topic is uh, we've done some some personality tests throughout the years, the um, strengths finder test. Um, What was your number one strength, Candace? Empathy. Empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we dig into empathy, just tell us really quick what you do. Sure. Yeah, I I love talking about my job. I love my job. Um, So um, as you said, I'm a clinical social worker. I'm also the manager of the Heinz Hospice Center for Grief and Healing. I've been a part of the Heinz Hospice team for eight years and really have just grown in my education and career during that time. Um, I started out um, really as like a volunteer facilitator for groups and over the past 11 years um, have um, went back to school got my degree and um, recently um, passed my licensing exam. So um, I am just waiting for all that official to to take uh, place in terms of um, being able to call myself an LCSW. But um, yeah, I I came into the manager role about three years ago when I finished grad school and um, I love my work. It's really such a, a sacred space to be with people who are grieving and I feel like it's a calling. Um, I love managing my teams and just supporting them, growing them, growing myself through through my role as manager. And um, so I just feel very privileged to be a part of Heinz and Nancy's mission that she started in 1981 and all of the different programs that we have going specifically at the Center for Grief and Healing, supporting um, all sorts of unique grief in the community. It's really, really special, the programs we have. Yeah. I agree. I've gotten to witness some of those programs. And yes. um, I have to say, I think that it takes a very special person to be able to be present with people in their grief. 
Uh, I don't think that's easy, especially the more I learn about what empathy looks like. Um, how do you do that on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a great question. I feel like when you do what you love and you feel like it's a calling, um, this sounds probably really cheesy and almost like a platitude, but you know, it's not work, um, but it can be draining. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not. And I hear some really sad stories sometimes. Um, so sometimes? I, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good, thank you for that correction. Yeah. I hear a lot of story, sad stories a lot of times. Um, and I've just learned to have just such a full personal life that really helps me disengage when I'm mm. not doing my work. That's good. Um, I have some amazing besties um, that I get to spend a lot of time with. We travel. We have fantastic kids. Um, we have our home that we love being in. And um, I love to read and watch movies and just, you know, I've been known to, you know, check into some trash TV sometimes just to <laughs> unplug and think of something else. Um, so, you know, um, taking walks. I've been swimming this year. So, yeah, all that's just really important. And then also, you know, really having a good support, a supportive team where I work. So mm -hmm. I um, happen to also be interim managing social work. And so I have my team members and I, uh, there and at the Center for Grief and Healing. And so we really support each other when we're having hard days, hard family situations. And um, so I really feel like I have opportunities to decompress before I come home. I don't know, Dave could probably speak to that if that's true or not. But um, I definitely shed some tears and because we're not robots and we really encourage all our team members to just, you know, have a human experience. Um, but knowing as professionals, we're supporting those who were who were grieving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely know the work that you do impacts you. But as you said, it's important to have those times that because, you know, maybe you get home and the impact of the day is uh, it's not something you're going to process right away as you get home. It might hit you an, a day or two later, mm -hmm. the impact of something. And, you know, it's not always something that you can ob obviously share with me, but it's time that you make for yourself to process your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings. And sometimes, you know, kind of or just kind of check out for a little mm -hmm. bit or whatever it might be. So. Yeah. yeah. Also, I do have my own therapist, so that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Love that's it. Good. Yeah. Let's dig into empathy a little bit. Yeah. Um, how we can apply this as business owners mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. in um, in business and professions. Uh, first of all, just give us an understanding: what is empathy and what is empathy not? Yeah. So you can always watch the uh, anything Brene Brown related to empathy is going to help educate us on this topic. And it's really just this ability that we have to be with people in their suffering. We don't have to have the right answers. Mm -hmm. We don't have to try to solve their their dilemmas, their problems. We just need to be able to show up. There's this really um, profound scene in the movie um, Lars and the Real Girl where um, Ryan Gosling's character is, is having a tough time and some of the ladies from his, I don't know, faith community or something come over and bring food. And, and he says to them as they're sitting in the living room, um, what do we do now? And she says, we just sit, you know, mm -hmm. we just sit together and we want you to know that you're not alone. That's the work that I'm doing. I'm helping grievers understand that not only is their loved one remembered, but they're not alone. And I can just sit with them with their tears. I can provide grief education if that's helpful and just really normalize and validate grief timelines and things like that. Um, and all the different behaviors and emotions we experience in grief. But the the big thing is to just be able to be present with people. That's great. So if um, somebody I work with is 
having a rough time and they're telling me about all the, the hardships they're experiencing, I don't have to say something to try to make them feel better or have some sort of answer for no, their problems? that's right. You can just really learn to be able to say, that sounds really tough. I'm really, um, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. What I'm so excited about talking with you all about today is that, you know, as managers, as business owners, um, we have to be able to have an empathetic pers- uh, perspective, perspective, but we're also running programs and businesses. And so we have work to do. So we're going to really be looking for always that fine balance before I see this person, my team member, first and foremost, as a human being Mm. who has their own wounds and their own life at home. You know, what we say to grievers is you're grieving, you're doing grief work, but then you also have to figure out who's going to do laundry and get groceries tonight, right? You Mm -hmm. have all of those practical things to do. Mm -hmm. And I think our team members, our employees, our staff, they are, in in my case, they're doing a lot of really intense, supportive, emotional work with patients and families, but they also have their own home lives. And so I want to be able to provide empathy for them in the work that they're doing for their home life, but I also need them to make sure that they're practicing um, and following policies and procedures that Heinz is asking them to, right, in my case for Heinz. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a balance. So if, as like as a business owner or, you know, somebody, if you're leading a team, how do you develop a practice that allows, you know, if somebody on your team is going through a grief process, how do you build something that is empathetic for them, but, but still allows you to get mm-hmm. the things done that you need to in your business? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we really want to be able to see that person as a human being and support them as best as we can operationally. And it, maybe it isn't grief per se, but it's, you know, whatever's going on in, in life circumstances. Um, and that's where good teamwork comes in and maybe we can rally around and support each other. Um, and, I, and I often step in and want to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, we have to, um, as professionals, we have to know that we're running programs and businesses. And so we're going to do what we can. And, and But, you know, at the end of the day, we have some boundaries about what we can allow and what we can't. And I think that's fair. And um, really, um, in my case, we, we continue working towards our mission together when we're able to do all of those things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're partnering with your, your team members and coming alongside them, uh, having that empathy and understanding for their situation, figuring out how you can help. But then also, you know, they're partnering with you as your employer. Um, they still, you know, you have expectations and things you need from them as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is understandable, I think. One of the things I was thinking about while I was driving here as I was getting really excited about this topic is it kind of rem- <clears throat> it kind of reminds me about like, you know, as my role in my role as manager and having the stance of empathy towards whether it's my team members or even my leadership, you know, people above me, um, it's kind of like being a good spouse. You know, I, I remember this advice that I gave to someone one time um, and she was asking me like, what what? has worked for you and Dave, what do you, what makes it after all these years, you know? And uh, my advice to her (laughs) advice was um, you have to keep working on her yourself. Mm. And she didn't like that. (laughs) She wanted me to kind of point at her spouse, you know, or what, how can I fix that person or how can I, you know, but the truth is I'm going to be the best manager and team leader when I'm working on myself. Mm. And so much of the time we have things that come up for us when we're attempting empathy, but we have our own triggers, our own, what I would call counter transference, you know, situations that, um, 
you know, just are really difficult for us because of our own circumstances. We got to have that in check with our own self-care and our own, you know, therapy or whatever it is that we're doing um, to monitor that. But I think the more that we work on ourselves, the better leaders we are. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Absolutely. And how do you think we, how do we work on ourselves? I mean, how do we identify when um, our own issues are coming up when we're trying to mm-hmm. be present with other people? Well, it's the good old, like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. <laughs> 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 so, um, you know, I can just share that, you know, I'm an oldest daughter of three girls. So whenever I'm interacting with anyone, whether it's a team member or my clients, and maybe my client is the oldest sister of three, I am I am on alert because mm. something is going to be said that I can overrelate to, that I could, you know, potentially step out of a professional perspective, and you know, start processing some personal things. Right. So mm. I've got to stay in check with, um, you know, knowing what those triggers are, and then just saying, okay, this is going to come up. This might be challenging, and then. You know, if something like that happens, probably going to call my bestie and do some venting afterwards, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, again, in confidence. But um, the, the point is that, you know, we are going to really um, need to just be aware of who we are. And, mm. and that makes us better at what we're doing. Good. Uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. It's kind of a, you know, uh, ironic concept in a way that in order to kind of have that empathy and, and, and investment in other people, you have to have done the work on yourself, right? Because it's so often maybe um, we don't understand that person because it is triggering something inside of us that we're reacting to and not seeing a clear picture because of what is going on inside Mm -hmm. of us, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're trying to over-identify or whatever it is. But when you kind of can take the, if you know yourself well enough to remove some of those barriers, I think then you can kind of be able to see that person a little bit better. And I think the, the, thing you for sure don't want to do is act like it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go into a session with a, a going back to my example of, you know, a, a woman who's the oldest of three girls. I don't want to go into that session going or interaction. Um, I've got this no big deal. You yeah. know, I want to just be aware and just say, yeah, this could really be challenging for me. And um, but I think naturally as human beings, you know, we don't press into those things that are difficult. We want to step back from them. We want to avoid or, you know, figure out something to take that place so that we don't have to delve into those feelings. And we really, you know, we should be going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been wanting to say something for a long time, but uh, <laughs> I kind of got the feeling that you were like really trying to get in, and mm-hmm. nobody was letting yeah, you. Yeah, no, we were we weren't very empathetic to what you had to say. <laughs> also, uh, case in point, just when we're at dinner hanging out, right? You're just yeah, sitting there, just waiting just, for your turn. Mm-hmm. This is what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> is it on the spreadsheet? I, I'm trying to understand what that feels like. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, we'll edit all that out. I hope. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting because uh, 10 years ago, I would never have thought it would be a good idea to talk about empathy in the workplace or, you know, it was such a, a distant concept that was so very far away from doing business and getting work done. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier that um, I just think it's really interesting um, that I think it's so important to talk about, which is why I'm super excited that you're here to teach us all the wisdom that you have about this. (laughs) But, uh, you know, 10 years ago or so, when we first started hanging out with you guys uh, and we'd sit down and and play cards or something like that, um, you know, we'd be playing a game and you'd be like, so tell tell me more about your brother. What was that relationship (laughs) like? 
<laughs> and you know, I I don't know if uh, if you can count, you know, us hanging out together as me working on on myself, you know. But you know, being friends with you is almost like being be- best friends with Brene Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! You know, it's having your own personal Brene Brown you know, <laughs> as your friend. Um, <clears throat> but I I do know that um, in my journey of emotional healing that I've been on in the, over the past, you know, ten years. I don't know if it's a coincidence that it's you know. It syncs up with uh, our knowing you guys, but um, I, I think that uh, I felt like there's been a revolution in the world at large that mm-hmm. people are just starting to understand how important it is. Um, because I've seen leaders with high empathy, and I've seen uh, leaders with virtually no empathy, and I know the the um, the impact that it makes on a workplace. So why do you think that empathy is so important? And, and do you really think that um, that there's a revolution or is it just in my own bubble that this is what mm-hmm, I'm experiencing? Mm-hmm. Or w- what's going on out in the world out there? Is, is this catching on? And, yeah. and that was like 13 questions. I know. <laughs> so we call that question stacking when we're interviewing team members. Um, okay, so I may not remember them all, but I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. First of all, absolutely, it's a revolution. And, you know, coincidentally, we didn't plan this, but it is Mental Health Awareness Month, May. True. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to hashtag that when we uh, put we this out. Um, and I think that mental health, uh, this uh, discussion is so important. And um, empathy is part of that. Why? Because a person with empathy, Empathy is able to step into this presence of a person dealing with mental health issues and not judge them and -hmm. encourage them to get support and help and therapy and medication or whatever. You know, a person with a broken leg, we don't say just get up and walk. You're fine. Mm -hmm. We know that they need care. And so we want to do that with mental health as well. Okay, that was one thought that I had. Um, Did you ask me why it was so important? What did you say? I do want to know why it's so important because. um, Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. why I questions that because I got to get. <laughs> okay. So think about it like this: empathy is the best of humanity. It okay. is all of the opportunities that we have to unconditionally love each other, no matter what situation you're in. And for all of us, you know, we have a, a faith that matches that, right? So I don't mind, you know, sharing a little bit about that. You know, I believe that that was the best of Jesus that he could go into this presence with people who were most despised by society and press in with them. And what did he say? I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. So when we're playing cards, I want to hear about you and your brother or you and whatever. And <laughs> your family. Your I, mean, I, all know, I know all Dave's stuff, but, you know, um, but I think it, it's so beautiful and to be celebrated. And I think it's actually also the opposite. It's very off-putting when you run into people who aren't mm-hmm. and who can't pause and take the perspective that you know, Brene Brown talks about this and, you know, reporting on the different researchers that she's read on, you know, this perspective taking. Can we take the perspective of someone that we're with and their suffering and th- their vulnerabilities and say, you know what? that doesn't bother me. I still love you and care about you. And I want to play cards and I want to have chips and salsa and I want to hear more about this. Right. <laughs> That's um, what we're missing. Some chips. Oh yeah. Oh, we need yeah. chips and salsa. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So let's, let's continue all of the, the beauty in these conversations and, and put all of this into the world where we're just not afraid to talk about hard issues and we can support each other. And then we can go on and laugh and have fun. And, you know, we'd love to travel together and we just, um, I really want people to know how much how besties we are. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> but it's it's the big package. It's all of the human experience, right? So in 
grief, you you experience grief cognitively, behaviorally, within your heart and within your body, right? Those are all the things that that God really made us. That's what I believe um, in our spirits. And so, but that's just, that's the human experience too. And mm-hmm. so when you can give yourself permission to have a human experience, whether it's in work or in play or, you know, um, and, and, you're, and you surround yourself with like-minded people, I really believe that that's, you know, hashtag living your best life. Awesome. I agree. And I mean, how great is it if you can come to work and be yourself and know that you're accepted um, despite all of your vulnerabilities and, and whatever troubles you're going through that like you can be your best, you can be yourself in your workplace mm-hmm. and you're going to be and you're a part and you're still part of the team and you're valued and you're seen and you're appreciated. I mean, isn't that what we all want, for, yes. you know, in terms of community? And mm-hmm. why can't we create a great community in our workplace? For sure. And as leaders of your teams in your business and, you know, and in the work that I'm doing, like we have the opportunity to celebrate all those parts of our people, right, our, our team members. And, yeah, we've got operational concerns, but we're also going to be able to nurture them and grow them. And, and that also is putting all of that positivity into into the world. Well, it's it's uh, it goes along with the research that's out there about um you know, how important a a healthy culture is. And Mm -hmm. I think that good emotional health is probably one of the most important factors of a good healthy culture uh, in the workplace and and just in life in general. Um, And it's fascinating to me. Google's done a study, and I've heard other people have done this study, and and time and again the results are the same where um, psychological safety is the number one uh, most important determining factor when it comes to not only – financial success for an organization, but also um, overall happiness of everybody that's there. And what that means is um, people, you know, more than talent, more than uh, effort, more than, you know, luck, more than, you know, just uh, having the best ideas and being the most creative. It's just the feeling that you are, like you said, loved accepted, you know, and forgiven is what we always say. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, you, you are you are okay to be yourself and nobody's going to judge you for it and um, you're safe psychologically, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating. I don't know why that just blows me away that that, you know, that's, that's the thing. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But it's been proven over and over again that you can have, you know, not to say that talent and hard work aren't important, but they're just not the most important, I think. So I, I just think it's... It's it's really important to um, understand that, um, and and for me, um, I would I would feel like I was in the kind of middle of the empathy range, you know, in terms of my, you know, I'm probably being very generous on myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had no awareness of it, you know, couldn't even probably define it if you asked me what it meant, uh, and, and to this point where now I realize how important it is, and I've put the time into learning about it as much as I can by re- mm-hmm. reading Brene Brown books mm-hmm. and stuff like that and listening to, to Candace. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's really, um, I think it's so important for business owners and leaders of any kind, even parents, just to understand how, just how important and what a big impact this makes on everything. This mm-hmm. is, this is going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just add on to what you're saying. I think another another really wonderful aspect of creating this emotional safety in, in a workplace is how it does kind of free up a person to be more creative and to oh, yeah. f- have that freedom to mm-hmm. um, just uh, 
a, a motivation, a desire to work hard, a desire to create. And uh, I think it, it makes more productive people. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that I, you know, read about too is just that feeling connectedness, right, to the organization that what I'm doing here makes a difference. It counts. Mm -hmm. It's being seen and recognized. And I, you know, it's not, I'm not just sitting at my desk, you know, punching in numbers or whatever it might be. And I think, you know, just in the empathy thing, right, it's that understanding our connectedness, right, Mm -hmm. to everyone else that um, what they're going through is important. And, and, and in fact, it does affect me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times it's so easy to be like, well, you know, c- can you get to the point? Because, or whatever it is, you know, you, you, you're like, this, doesn't, this do. isn't, I, you know, I don't care about what's going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, we don't realize that if this person on our team or in our family or whatever it is, is going through something that's kind of consuming their mm-hmm. mental energy, psyche, spirit, soul, you know, that's going to have an impact on our relationship. It's going to have an impact on our team, it's all those things, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, we've got to work together on those things. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, um, and I think at any given time, everybody's in that boat. Everybody's oh, sure. going right. through mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter who they are. Yeah, if we kind of think about, like, you know, as children – we know that that our in our children, you know, they need support, nurturing, and boundaries, right? So the what the mystery is that, or what we, you know, what it might serve us to understand is that, you know, those those needs don't change as we adults. It looks different, but now as leaders and managers and and business owners, we're given an opportunity to continue to nurture, provide boundaries. But what do we know about good nurturing and boundaries? Is that in, in terms of children, it gives them permission to try to spread their wings and try, you know, fall down, stand back up. So I want to see that in my team members. I want them to cross train and you might be in the field doing social work. Well, I want you to do grief support too. And what about this other program we have that you're interested in, have experience? And what else do you want to do that's going to energize you and just feel like you are doing your best life's work because I'm going to retain them that way if I continue you know, giving them those opportunities. And I'm just watching a human being love life, which is really, you know, even better than that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Love it. So one time um, you, you said something and, and when, whenever I hear somebody say like, um, this is the most important, somebody's philosophy that they think is the most important philosophy that there is. Like I, I lean in and listen to that because I think it's really important to just understand like, you know, who they are as a person, what they value the most out of everything. And one time you you said we were playing cards or something and you said it and I wrote it down in my notes app because I was like, I'm going to write that down because I've never heard anybody say that. And it was so strange to me. And I'm going to share it now on the podcast. Oh, wow. are, you, wow. are you terrified? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, you said a willingness to feel pain is the most important part of life mm-hmm. or something that. like that. You asked me on my birthday. Mm-hmm. I think it was during COVID. Yeah. I think it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. sounds right. So, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I have a follow-up question. Yeah, okay, stack I it. Stack, stack it. it. <laughs> How does, you know, for our audience who are into maybe not feelings, but now they're way more into feelings and stuff after this podcast. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they didn't fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, business, marketing, cre- creativity. How does, you know, the most important thing in life, according to Candace Wilkins, mm-hmm. the 
the willingness to feel pain. How do you mm -hmm. translate that willingness to feel pain to marketing or mm -hmm. business or creativity or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do we connect that to just narrative? You know, the human narrative. And when you're when you are engaging in business and engaging with other human beings, um, you know, is that is that a way to connect? Kind of like Dave said, are are we connecting? Are you using that as a narrative to just give people permission to kind of go into this space of their life that they may not really have gone into before? And I remember when you asked me that, it was basically I'm, I don't know if I turned forty four that year. Um, I, I think so, but you were like, so in all these years, you know, what is the most important thing you've learned? And, and it is that it is that we are going to, I think, be our best selves when we press into that. It, it's difficult and we're, it's actually counterintuitive. So I, I, when I do a grief, my understanding grief workshop teaching, I talk about uh, this topic and I say, I always tell the story about my daughter, Danielle. And when she was like maybe three and she was, you know, trying to get on a chair and help me cook. Um, she was, you know, what was the one thing that I wanted to make sure she didn't do is reached her hand to the stove and burn herself, right? So at a very young age, you're conditioned to I'm reaching to touch something that's going to cause me pain. And my mom, you know, pushes it away, right? So that is a conditioning that we then have to deal with our whole lives, I think, mm -hmm. in order to, um, you know, just create a different life philosophy for ourselves, create safe spaces where we can go into pain, where we can say, yeah, you know, I've been really hurt at these different times in my life. And this is how it made me feel. And um, I, I can kind of hear people in the audience listening to this going like, well, which is what I've heard from lots of people. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? Because it's part of your story. It's part of the experience that you've had as a human being. And we don't want to deny that. We want to say, yeah, this is me. I want to be transparent. Just say, yeah, this is what happened or a choice I made or a choice that was made for me. This is how I was treated. Um, it didn't feel good. It's partly made me who I am today. I'm working through it. I'm grieving the loss of relationship. You know, it's not always death. It's lots of different things. Um, and so can business people you know, plug into any of that in terms of marketing and business? I mean, I think so, um, because the happy ending to that story is if I have the willingness to engage with those difficult things, there's going to be something to celebrate on the other end. Hmm. I mean, it's so in interesting because I think, you know, if you do apply that to other things, you know, just like you know, look, look at physically, right, that uh, pain you know, on one hand, pain is, is like an indication that something's wrong, something's bad, you know, stay away from this, right? So that, but then also we know, no pain, no gain, right? <laughs> like it's the whole thing, right? Literally, if you're causing damage to your muscles and then they build back stronger and that's, we have to do that as businesses. You have to press into something that is difficult, a difficult task, a new challenge, learning a new skill, um, getting over, you know, some sort of hurdle, mm -hmm. uh, working extra hours. So, I mean, on one hand, pain is an indication that something could be wrong. It, so, so I, I kind of wonder if it's like when it's happening to us, if, you know, if we can realize that maybe this is a situation I need to remove myself. But then if I'm choosing to press into a situation where I'm able to control that amount, like you were even saying before, you have to give yourself time to rest. You have to give yourself time to heal all of those things. But if you can just do it in a controlled way where I'm going to, I'm going to go in right now. I'm going to press into this challenge, this hurdle, this emotional, um, you know, challenge, whatever it might be. Then you have the ability to 
to go into that and then sit back, rest, heal, do it again, and do it in a controlled way. So it's more so, uh, you know, what I'm hearing you both say is when you're going into a situation, it's not that I want to make sure I experience pain somehow (laughs) because that's the most important thing that I need to get out of this is I'm willing to go feel some pain. Let's go feel pain right now. (laughs) Uh, You're saying it's more like, and, you know, what I'm hearing is like when you fall off the bike, you get back up. Yeah, for sure. It's the courage to to try again, even though last time it hurt. Is mm-hmm. that is that, is that pretty sure. much what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I my my thoughts as I'm listening to all of you is I just want to add that I think sometimes the best way to really enjoy the good things in life mm-hmm. is to fully experience the pain mm-hmm. in life. You know, like if you if you aren't willing to lean in to pain, you know, you kind of numb yourself a little bit, and then you're not really able to really enjoy the, the good things um, in contrast. And um, I know in my life, I've had some really difficult hardships that I've overcome. And uh, because I have, I'm not saying I'm like completely arrived <laughs> or anything with like my own personal healing, but because I have leaned into those things, um, I appreciate the life that I have much more now. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm grateful for the relationships I have. I'm grateful for the home life I have and um, all the ways that I've overcome in life. And it just makes that part of life so much more sweet mm-hmm. and um, enjoyable. It's really true. So one of the other things I talk about in uh, when I'm teaching understanding grief is I always reference back the, um, I don't know if it's Disney Pixar because I don't know the names, but the Inside Out movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the movie about all the feelings. And so spoiler alert, it's been out for many years. So hopefully you've seen it. And if not, you should. <laughs> but it really teaches us that, you know, in moments of life when we're experiencing um sadness there's typically joy attached to right or Mm -hmm. gratitude or something like Mm -hmm. that you know where we are in the case of this story the little girl was really missing home well she loved home and it was so great and they had wonderful memories right and so it's it's so often just multi-layered and we need to reteach ourselves as we explore emotions to and I learned this from a therapist many years ago this isn't my original thought but allowing ourselves to hold multiple feelings at the same time Mm -hmm. we're not going to squash down one or the other they're I this is going to sound weird, but they're almost like little people on our body, right? They need to, uh, they have a voice. They want to be expressed. So I might be feeling angry and hurt or frustrated and sad and happy that I, you know, I mean, so, you know, hopefully that's one takeaway too for the audience today is just to just say, gosh, you know, am I conditioned to press down one feeling over another? Do I prioritize a feeling over another? Do I just give myself permission to feel them all? It's mm, good. It was Nathan, were you the one that told me this quote? I don't know. Um, I don't know who yes, told me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, one By of you Nathan guys Sala. can fill mm-hmm. this in. Um, we're not uh, thinking human beings who feel, but we're feeling human beings who, who think. think. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, that was from Brene Brown um, in the book Dare to Lead, mm-hmm. uh, which I am listening to right now on audiobook. It's amazing. Um, but yeah. It's great. I think that's so good because we do, I do like um, I've been in environments where we were taught like feelings are kind of, you know, they get in the way. They're, you know, they're just a feeling. Mm-hmm. They're not real, you know. And then here's what's real. You know, hold on to what's real. Hold on to what you know. Hold on to your knowledge. Use your knowledge. Work hard. Overcome. Um, but 
really kind of the hidden message there was like, just push it down because you can't, you can't just ignore those feelings. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not that those things that you describe are not helpful too, but not at the expense of not having an emotional response to something. Yeah. It's good. Would you recommend any books that you've read out there? <laughs> you know, I'm really glad that you gave me this question before. Um, so I had some time to think about it because cool. the answer is no. I, I haven't done a lot of reading in the past few years. But um, so in terms of business, uh, Good to Great, of course, by mm, Jim Collins. Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that book. So that's a, a leadership book. Um, and I think just, you know, any we get so much from all books. Um, have I ever really read a full Brene Brown book front to back? I don't know if I what? have. I know. I know. I this should. I should. my whole worldview. <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of videos, and um, she's got some really cool stuff on HBO Max. I'm plugging Renee today, I guess. I don't know. And she's talked this podcast that I just listened to. She was really talking about how just like there are so many more emotions that we need to just edu- you know, increase our vocab with. So it's really cool stuff she's doing there. Um, but yeah, I just um, I don't really have a good feeling book to I, I probably have like some textbooks that I read but they're not going to be helpful to everybody but you'd probably yeah. say just go get therapy would be way better than any <laughs> book you could read I mean get some good friends that you can really talk openly about who you are that really love you and um and um you know all of these things think of them like shoes too so you know you have to keep trying things on until you find the right fit, whether it's a therapist or, um, you know, your, your relationships and your personal life. Sometimes we evolve in certain different life stages and things like that. But, um, yeah, just um, if I think of anything else as an addendum, then you can put it on the notes or something. Yeah. But sorry about that. No problem. That's That was good. No, that was that was the correct answer, actually. Oh, That's good. what okay, we were good. looking for. <laughs> so thanks. It was an authentic mm-hmm. and honest answer. So thank you for that. Any last advice you want to give um, our listeners regarding empathy in the workplace? Um, I just would say, you know, um, just uh, trust yourself. Trust your gut. And um, don't be afraid to engage with people. Don't be afraid to maybe try something different in terms of relating to people if you haven't before. Um, I think that, um, you know, we, the truth is we are running businesses. We are managing programs and those are really important and doing a lot of good in the world, but we're, we're leading human beings. And so just having an awareness of those unique needs. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Candice. Did you just wink at me? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proud husband moment? Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's beaming over there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. What? Go I ahead. Lo- I love you. I was just going to say, I don't know if people want to know that we've been married 25 years or I don't know. Yeah, they background. do now. <laughs> I wanted to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Your high school well, sweethearts. High school sweethearts. True. We've been uh, this summer. We'll, we'll have uh, be 30 years from our first date, which makes us sound really old. Oh, wow. And we have three teenagers. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. One's, in college. One's in college, and we have our two little doggies, and life's good. Woohoo. Yeah. Has it always been good, though? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes it good now, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Candace, tell us um, if people would like to connect with you, how can they reach out? That would be great. I'd love to hear from you guys. I actually have an Instagram called Grief Planet. So that's a lot of um, just what I share about what I've learned in grief in the past, um, you know, all the years that I've been doing this work. So um, I'll make sure that you guys have the information on that. 
Um, I can't remember exactly what the it's at the grief planet, um, but there's some underscores. So we'll have to get that figured out. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, thanks. Check it out. Yeah. And then uh, and then for your role at yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. If anyone is in need of grief support, please contact the Center for Grief and Healing. Um, I'll put that contact info there, too. Um, I don't answer the phone always, but um, anyone who answers the phone can help you. We have grief support for any type of loss. Um, yes, we are affiliated with Heinz Hospice and um, hospice families, but we are also to open to the community. We have an angel babies program that provides support to families who've lost a baby in pregnancy or in infancy. We have survivors of suicide loss. We have um, just anybody is open to grief support. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for spending time with us at Extremely Valid Points Podcast. To learn more about this episode, see our show notes at extremelyvalidpoints.com. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube and Instagram at EVP underscore podcast. If you need help with your video for your business or nonprofit, connect with Dave at ellipsispro.co. And if you need help with digital marketing, Nathan and Jenny can be found at worldlightmedia.com. Or feel free to send us an email at questions at extremelyvalidpoints.com. Thanks again for joining us. See you next time.